Welcome to A Vision, the Future Podcast. I'm with Zoe and Connor today. Hello. Hello there. Today's <laughs> today's episode will be about really sports or getting into different hobbies like gymnastics and 3D printing. And then later on in the second set, we'll be talking about passion. So the first thing about, you know, gymnastics is here Zoe does it. And that's really her passion. She even is uh, in circus, if I believe that. And then Connor here, he does 3D printing on his free time. And they're really cool, actually, the concepts of it and just randomly bringing in 3D prints, especially during history class, which is very interesting. <laughs> so for me with sports is, um, which I'm getting this with Zoe, but being consistent is a really hard task for me because like it's like an everyday thing. And, you know, it's just you base your life around it. So, Zoe, um, some things that you learned from it, what helps making that consistency easier? Um, a lot of just sticking to the schedule, which is kind of hard to do since we work outside and yeah. weather can be in the way a lot. I've had classes canceled about three times in the past <laughs> month. <laughs> um, but just not procrastinating and staying focused because you because I only go for about one to two hours a week. So it's good to like keep in the mindset of, hey, you're here. Work as hard as you can. Yeah, I mean, I feel that too because it's like you come there for a purpose, not just to like mess around, just do whatever. Yeah. Especially when money is involved to like pay for classes, which I know some people do. And it's just like, um, you know, paying for them is like you have to make the money worth it now. Yeah, we um, we're doing a competition thing in March called Diva Fest. And we were doing private classes, which are kind of pricey, but incredibly worth it because you gain so much skill and strength and talent from it. To help in that competition yeah that's so really you, you cool. want to like make your like get your money's worth <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um switching off to a different topic of you know 3d printing connor i'm gonna ask like really the same thing what is advice with being consistent to keep on 3d printing even though it's like i bet it's stressful at some points with the filament and everything well i'll tell you one thing you don't need a strict schedule like you do with sports because if i don't work my printers they are going to get weaker um but with my printers you have to tune the machine. A finely tuned machine is a good machine that can run for a long time. I'll run my prints overnight. I'll run my prints out of different materials. I'll run different geometries because, you know, different shape mean different make. If something's completely away off from the last thing that it made, I have to ensure that it's able to switch that quick and be able to perform some of those tasks that I wanted to. Yeah. It's They've turned out pretty well. I've had a few prints go quite wrong. I actually have a glob of filament on my desk that I keep as a kind of a reminder <laughs> because it was, you know, I'll, I'll put a, I'll, maybe I'll find a picture of it. I actually have it right here, but it was supposed to be a box, right? For my mom made out of blue filament, but at some point, you know, everything went wrong, curled up on itself and it got stuck to the heating element and it started a burning and B just clumping <laughs> into one giant mass so it definitely was not what i wanted it to be it's yeah. probably better for throwing at people which i have yet to try um but on the other end i've had some prints go really well like i know angel said you know bring them into history class i'll just sit them on my desk and every time i look at them i notice either something that looks good or something that looks bad and then i beat myself up about it because i'm like ah i can do better than that one yeah failure so, makes success Failure makes success, and I've had some decent failures with that machine, but I think 
just recently i'm getting on a good path with both of them that's really good what inspired you to start 3d printing because like you know when you pull up to class like today you pulled up to class with a thanos one that was really cool so like what really started it all to just get into 3d printing really started it all was i've had experience not experience i've had experiences with 3d printing in the past so a long time ago in denver i used to live in denver there was a shop in a, like a local shopping center that was an aircraft hangar that they said, okay, you know, money now. And so they turned it into retail space. One of the places there was called Mindcraft. Not the game Minecraft, but Mind, M-I-N-D-C-R-A-F-T. There they had, you know, all the fancy geek and, you know, all these things galore. But in the back, they had a row of 3D printers you could just watch. And so I did it, but there was a membership that you can go back and use some of their tools so one of my friends did, and he was able to bring us back there. And I was looking at these. I'm like, these things are pretty cool, but I don't know what they do. So <laughs> I just didn't know what they do. And then I moved here to Nevada mid-pandemic, so about 2020-ish. And then that's when I really, probably a year later, I think November last year is when I started looking into a printer. Because I said, well, my computer's good. Me need print now. So I looked into machines. We went, it was, a, it was I had... Talked to my parents about it, and they said, well, it's kind of cool, but why do you need it? You know, And the one I was looking at was like 300 bucks. So they were like, uh -huh, no. But we went to a store in, Col no, not Colorado, in California called Micro Center, which is like a Walmart full of nerds. And so it's one of my favorite places to go. But they were running a coupon where if you got this QR code, right, and you scanned it at a cash register, a 3D printer that was normally $200 was $100. And so with that much money savings, I said, well, cool. So we got that. And actually, I remember in that hotel room, we set up the printer and had some of our first prints go. And our first print actually failed. The first experience with that machine was a f it didn't stick where it needed to. So it just popped right off. And it was just a complete failure. I don't even know if I still have it. I thought I, I would keep it, but I don't know where it ended up. The second, the second print turned out really well, but I learned from the first one because I looked it up. I said, what went wrong? You know, how can I fix it? And ever since then, I've had some catastrophic failures, but I've had some amazing success. Yeah, you really have. Yeah. Seeing it in a class, too, makes me jealous sometimes because that's like your freebie out of like a project. I know that was that was great, man. It was a whole lot of effort, though. <laughs> yeah, it really was. He made a whole um, it was what was it? It was a story we're reading about Greek gods, I believe. And um, and you have to like make the person and draw them, I think. And so it, he three D printed a whole character. It wasn't the Greek gods. That was the assignment before. It was the Renaissance characters. So what you had to do like a Renaissance gingerbread man. I made a. Not a life sense, but I was made, it Van Gogh? No, it was Da Vinci, Leonardo Da Vinci. It was a full face bust of Leonardo Da Vinci in marble material. And the one I ended up turning in was actually the fourth try. <laughs> so I went through that whole roll of filament, which is about $20, $25 specifically for that project. And I know that project was definitely not worth it because the other option was literally just draw like a gingerbread man on a yeah. piece of paper. But I just wanted to put my skills to the test, and I said, "Why not?" <laughs> and it was, it was really fun, and it turned out pretty well. But the details, yeah, it was really amazing and really like into it. And for you, Zoe, with your passion about 
being a gymnast and, you know, being in the circus. What started that off for you? Um, for my seventh birthday, my mom found on Groupon a flying trapeze class. She's like, hey, my kid's absolutely insane and would love this. So we went and then they told us after that they're starting um, like a, an Aerial Angels group. That's the name of my, my team, which is like kids um, ranging from we were seven at the time and then a little bit older to start. And we can do um, shows more often and like do classes with our team. And then since, and then from that, I've been there for seven, almost eight years. That's that's really cool, because Yeah. I know some people when they start off, which I train boxing, so I train with like little kids. I even teach little kids. And so watching them grow up into their passion is really amazing because they start at a young age, which starting at a young age, everyone knows sports or even doing like any other hobbies. When you learn that at a young age, it really improves over time. Yeah, I've since I've been doing it for so long, I can really see how much I've changed or like how much skill I've gone since then. And it's funny because I my first it's um my first dance trapeze show I did was super simple and messy but fun. And then I go now and now I'm using it as a competition thing for a massive amount of people to hopefully win. That's cool. And to you people who are watching this or whatever, if you really want to do something, start it now because it's better to start things now than doing it later when you can barely do it. And, Don't look you know, at it. yeah, it takes a lot of time too to like make whatever you want to do like a reflex almost. So to really just focus on that at a young age, it really helps that. And so... Leading on to the next question, which about your passion, which is, you know, gymnastics, you know, doing aerial, um, what motivates you to do so well in that sport? Ariel has been a really nice um, way to distract myself. And focus on my energy when I get too fed up, or not fed up, when I get too overwhelmed with school or other stuff going on in life, it's a great area where I can just chill out, focus on gaining muscle, gaining strength, and just have fun and talk to my friends. Yeah. Connor, what motivates you to do like 3D printing, like on a basis? On a basis, I want to, I've always had this thing, right? You have these guys that are great at sports, very athletic. You know, they do boxing or they, you know, they just plain old look good. Yeah. I don't consider myself either of those. So I said, well, crap, I need something to put in like a Tinder bio or I need something that I could actually, I need something for show and tell that I could claim I'm good at. Yeah. So I went looking into the nerd sector. So I built my own computer like four or five years ago. And then I recently rebuilt it and it's performed amazingly. And I said, well, I don't need to do that. What other nerd things can I do? I watched some Star Trek and then I went and found uh, some 3D printer stuff. And it just, it, I think it motivates me because I don't know what else I would do because I get great, I would call, I would say satisfaction is a word for it, out of helping others. And one of the main ways I can help others is lending my expertise. And if my expertise is in a narrower field like 3D printing, then when somebody needs help with that, then that's who they ask. Like, I don't know, Zoe was there. I don't know, Angel, if you had Mr. Bronco last year. Yeah. But he was, you know, big into tech and stuff because he was a computer science teacher. But those 3D printers in his room, I actually talked with him about it. And he said that I was one of the main reasons that he got them because they had spare funding. And they said, well, we could use them for game design. But 
he actually just reached out to me today and he emailed me asking for help with an issue he was having with some thermal runaways and I gave some suggestions and I think it's just real fun to be able to help people out or kind of show what you know because I know 3d printing it's what I would consider a specialty yeah so I might as well show it off and so used to ditch math class to (laughs) help with the 3d printer yeah. and he would just he would leave me stuck with our worst possible teacher at school it was amazing they would call me out of that for going to help set up these 3d printers it was like that's the lucky. greatest thing that's and really then, lucky side note they make giving gifts so much easier <laughs> like, immensely <laughs> true. so i got that a birthday true. coming up next week i forgot to get something for uh oh let me print something out but all jokes aside i put some thought into what i print yeah. why i print and how I print because those things are <laughs> they're not complex but they're not easy yeah like you said they're not complex so like really having this you have to really put time into it which makes you better at it so what are especially some of the challenges you face in it the challenges they're going to get they're going to get very technical I'm going to try to keep it very base level so some of the big challenges you got to know is how a printer works is Hot material goes in, or cold, yes, normal material (laughs) goes in through a hot nozzle, and a motor kind of puts it in and out of the nozzle, and it makes its own thing up by each layer. And so there's a few moving parts, and there's a few heating elements, and keeping them tuned and intact is probably one of the bigger challenges. But if something goes wrong then that can set off an entire chain of events because yeah. I had this print going. It was, I think, a third, probably 20-hour print. All right, so 20 hours of my machine's time. I was doing some work on the machine next to it, and then all of a sudden, one of the motors for the bed just stopped for a, for like 10 seconds maybe, and then it kept on going. And now this doesn't sound very important, but with the 3D printers, if everything's not in time, then there will be a visual difference with the print. It'll either be, it's called under extruded where it'll have holes and it just won't look good. It'll be over extruded where, you know, it's all bumpy and it's not smooth. And, or what this problem caused was a layer shift. So the bottom stopped moving, but the top kept moving. So if I would have let it go, it would have looked like halfway through, it just started it over again, but like a millimeter over. So in short, because that was not short, to answer your question, <laughs> just some of the different elements are what I think some might find challenging or there's a huge amount of community support for them. But I think some people might find elements, you know, frightening when you're first trying to get into it. Because all of a sudden you have this thing that moves and that's at almost 400 degrees Fahrenheit. And you don't know if it's going to explode or not. <laughs> so, oh, um, God. That's just, it's interesting. It's fun, though. I would recommend anything. Look, anybody looking into getting a 3D printer, start with an Ender 3 series. They're the easiest. They have the most community support. And they're not too expensive where you can't smack it if it doesn't work. I like that you're like, <laughs> yeah, you might be able to, you might get third degree burns, but you should get yeah. this if you're into I it. burn myself a it few might times, blow up but... in your face, but that's okay. <laughs> So I've only some cool stuff. I had a worse burn on from doing the soldering actually on the printer, but it's just really cool and it's my passion because it gives me something to do. Because I 
hate the feeling of being bored the most. If I'm sitting here being bored, like over summer break, then I just, I feel like I'm wasting, you know, energy, time. oxygen, my time, everybody else's time. Pretty sure the bugs in my room are annoyed. So <laughs> I find something to do with my printers and it's a kind of like a do-it-yourself creative outlet for me. So with me, like spending my time with boxing and I know like other sports too, it's just like, it's whole repetitive. So when I'm training, I want to train just a certain thing at one point. And I know with Zoe gymnastics, like you really got to train until you perfect something. So what are the challenges with your skills, Zoe? Um, some challenges for me is I have constantly scars on my legs from using the bars and the ropes. And since I go so often, I don't, they don't have time to heal. So they're kind of just there for basically forever until I take a break. Um, other challenges is I get, um, you can get burnt out a little fast in it because you don't realize how much energy you're using. So I'll, I'll be there for an hour and I'll start a trampoline. And that it takes a lot of energy out of you. And then I go to trapeze after and I, I can't do anything because I'm so tired. I can't do like one pull up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like when I go to flip an hour, bro, I jump for like a whole 20 minutes. I'm already exhausted because that's like something I really ever do. So it's yeah. it's a struggle for me to just like play like through it to like keep on jumping through it. So I can imagine how difficult it is for you. Yeah, we um, me, Connor, and our friend went a little bit ago, and I was doing this really cool drop in from the side, and Connor went under the trampoline. Um, when I was doing it, I just got sent flying into I the air. I remember that. I'm very sorry about that. I didn't know you were gonna try to Spider Man off that wall. <laughs> I thought you were just gonna you know hop up there and then just look down. How was I gonna I hop up there from going sideways? I don't know. You move in ways I didn't think humans could do so. <laughs> so I thought I didn't know you were gonna try to Spider-Man off the wall, you know, smack <laughs> a bad guy and then backflip onto a I don't know, a moving car. I'm gonna but, smack you instead. <laughs> yeah, <I> almost did. <laughs> so failure for me is really necessary for sports, for any sports, for 3D printing or any hobbies, because Failure is a whole new skill of you have to learn something from it and to just move on and just create a new foundation of support by using your failure to just, you know, do anything you want. So with Connor's thing, when he first printed out something, he kept that as, you know, memorabilia. And Connor, for you, how does failure motivate you to add on more of that? Failure motivates me because it motivates me because I feel I would work up to a certain print level or expectation. And then I'm I take a lot of pride in my prints. And so if my print quality drops below a set bar, I'm very unhappy. So I spend as much time as possible working on my machines to get them up to a high standard I could say that I'm proud of. Because if I can't 100% say that I'm proud of it, I'm not going to show it off and I'm not going to be happy with it. It's like taking an Instagram post where you just take as many pictures as you want and you find the perfect <laughs> ones, necessarily what it is. Mm. So how does failure motivate you? Failure mm, motivates me because I have to do certain tricks for acts. Of course, I can take them out if I want, but I always really want to get a new trick in. I have this one called an ankle hang where I hang off my ankles 
And it's my goal to be able to do it with one, only one foot on the bar. But I kept falling directly on my head for like an hour straight. So I had to take a break from that for a little bit. And hopefully I'm going to be able to get it before my act or before my big competition. But it's it's nice having another kind of motivation to be there as like to push you to keep going or else you would just give up. Yeah. Or I would give up. But yeah. <laughs> What advice would you give people who want to try gymnastics or aerial or even be in a circus? You don't need to have a full like splits on the ground or be able to do 20 pull-ups to do it. You can start from any skill level and be set and happy with it. It it just takes time to build a skill off of that. And, you know, that's just how it is for every sport. Yeah. And Connor, for you. Say if I wanted to get into 3D printing because I don't really know anything about it or whatever. What advice would you give people who are trying to get into it? If you're trying to get into 3D printing, I would say don't be afraid because your machine will make mistakes. You will make mistakes with the machine. That's how it works. But if you really, even at some points, my machines were sitting idle. And now I really hate it when my machines are sitting idle. Like right now, because I need some glue. Because I use glue in the process. Um, but I feel if you're trying to get into 3D printing, don't be scared or afraid of what it is, but look at what it does or what it can do. Some of the prints I've seen online, some of my own prints, they've just blown me away. Because I never in a million years thought that when I bought this machine, I would be able to produce the quality that I do. So I think that constant strive for bettering your print quality or this really goes for anything just bettering your craft is what should drive you to do it and for people to join yeah so leading more into passion what do you find relaxing about 3d printing oh that's a very tricky question because i don't know if there's all that much relaxing about 3D printing. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a fair amount of stress but i learned about recently it's called a i think a positive stressor where if you, you know, keep stressing yourself out in a negative way, you're just going to get burnt out and that's not going to be fun. But if you're doing it in a positive way, you're going to learn from it. You're going to grow from it. And so with 3D printing, I've, I don't know. There's no positive sides of it. Uh, that was, yes. Wait a minute. So there are many positive sides. First off, I get some cool things to show off. Right? You've, seen, <laughs> you've all seen some of my friends. They look great now they didn't always look that way but they do now and i'm very happy with it it's very rewarding to see all of your work on this machine which can either be perfect out of the box and you have to make minimal adjustments or not perfect out of the box and so it was just really nice to see how it turned out sitting there watching the prints go is really cool especially because i'm able to up the speed so it's just this thing with like three fans on it just moving back and forward just going biz up biz up biz up biz up and it's really cool to watch like my dad will just walk into my room sometimes pull out a chair next to my printers and just watch them for a bit because they're just <laughs> there to pass the time yeah for my passion which is boxing i find some things like little things relaxing like after finishing a whole hours of workout getting a nice sip of water is like even my relaxing zone so where I can just be on the bleachers and just sit down for hours and just look at the time pass by while hearing like punches is my kind of relaxing. What kind of relaxing is for your sport, Zoe? Relaxing for me, um, 
is doing cool down stretches after. It's, it helps so much because I'm always incredibly sore after, either from doing some kind of contortion poses, which is rare, but it does happen. Um, and then working splits, which are always super painful because I don't have my splits, even though I've been here for seven years. Um, but cool down stretches, talking with friends, and even like mastering a trick is in, it's rewarding and relaxing at the same time. She's like, oh my God, this took like three weeks for me to get it, but I finally got there. It's, it's nice to like have, cause you put pressure on yourself when you're doing it. And then you're like, oh my God, I'm never going to get this. It's never going to happen. And then you do. And then you feel more relaxed. Yeah. I feel like with me, when I box and when I do it, I have like this sort of like mindset where it's like either this person's going to hurt me or I'm going to hurt them. So where I can just like figure out how to manage it, it makes it so much more relaxing to where I can just enjoy my day into finding this passion of where I can just be myself. And that's like the main part of, you know, doing a sport, doing like anything else, you need to get that mindset of relaxing yourself, even though it might be stressful at some points because everything you do in life or every sport you do, anything you put time into, it has to be stressful for it to work out and then because if it's not stressful then you're really just doing something too easy for you that will end up crashing in the end and that's yeah. how i think of it and that makes sense. yeah it's like boxing is like one of the sports i could really talk for hours and if i had the chance to what are your guys's topics that you could you know talk for hours if you can what do you mean like like anything in- anything <laughs> um this is, I'm gonna you, get. If you say Genshin Air Impact, I'm oh leaving. my god, Connor! No, I was gonna say. Okay, you know, fair enough. That's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna say that. Um, I honestly, I don't hate you for this, but I would say crystals. I know an incredible amount of them, and I have probably over three hundred dollars worth on some shelves in my wow. room. Wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're, I've never really understood them sometimes, you know? They're quite a feat. There's a lot of them. <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's some in my bag at school, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just pretty. <laughs> I love them so much. Because I know there's, like, some, like, relieving of them or some different things. Some different crystals do different things. They have properties that, like, based on what crystal you have can, like, be based on the property. I don't use them for that too much. I just think they're really pretty and they're like nice to look at. <laughs> they're very colorful. I feel crystals are like plants where some plants incorporate this thing of where you either have like better luck or anything. Cause I own a lucky bamboo tree and I feel like I'm lucky because of it <laughs> for some reason. Like I bet it's not even that, but for some reason I it's just, my thought that brings that into it that makes sense yeah that makes sense there's um a crystal called pyrite or like foos gold is actually what it's called too it's meant to bring wealth and luck and prosperity and i bought my mom a tree of it for her birthday last year because she's um she's opening up a food truck and because of that she said that she'd been feeling a lot luckier and the business is just going a lot like has been going really smoothly shit send me that tree link low-key <laughs> i need to know where to go for that i need that I got you. I got you. <laughs> I just, man, I need to get rich off of a tree. Come on now. 
You can also just have it in your pocket and you'll find money, which actually did kind what? of work out for me. I, I, I had it when I played Monopoly and I actually won the game. <laughs> what? Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, Rock make board game good. I didn't really believe it, but then it started working and I was like really shocked because I didn't expect it to. Imagine walking down the street and you just find money and you realize you have a tree in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. Well, not a tree. I had a piece of it. I didn't bring the whole oh, tree. Oh, even a piece of it could work? Just walking yeah. around with a rock tape to your back. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was like a small tree. No, no, no. I mean, I have the tree. My mom, that's upstairs, but I have like three pieces of the same. Wait, like, the tree is actually crystal. golden? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna what? It send it. <laughs> yeah, it's, there's a crystal on it. Okay, I didn't think the tree was golden. No, it's not a real tree. Oh, so it's just like a fake prop? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so then what's... The... You never know. You never know. I mean, things happen every day that's, like, interesting. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. See, <laughs> I write tree on how much and, do you cost? Co- uh, Etsy, how much do you cost? Why are you on Etsy? I 20... just looked up images. $20 for a golden tree that could make you bank. I Angel, think it's I worth it. I, Angel, I thought you were going to do the 21 thing for a second. Oh. <laughs> this this is how we play stocks, boys. This is uh, 20 trees. bucks 20 bucks a tree. We pay each person $15 to carry a tree around with them, and then they find money on the ground. And any money they find, we get a portion of. It's a pyramid scheme. It, it's not a pyramid scheme. It's multi-level marketing. <laughs> There's a difference. Nah, because okay. if I buy a tree and I make and profit off of that tree, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm a. If I find a two dollar bill with having that tree in my pocket, it, it's crazy. Oh my god, I love two dollar bills. I have like two or some. three of them. They're awesome. Got five right here. I like. Crisp. I had two dollar bills and I always would use them to buy things, even though I know it's unlucky to do that. But so wait, you use the two dollar bills? Yeah. I mean, no, Angel, currency. no. I put I mean, they are, it into a vending still. machine. One of them. Angel, shame. I put five so bucks into shame. a vending machine a few days ago, and it gave me like dollar coins. And I remembered I haven't <laughs> seen a dollar coin in like many years. And it gave me one. I don't know if there's any coiners out there. I looked this up, but it's like a narrow, like ninety-seven silver dollar. And it turns out they only made these for like four years. And it's mine's one of the smudged ones that came out of San Francisco. And it's really cool and it's worth like a dollar twenty. <laughs> so Whoa. I'm getting that I'm riding that inflation. Bang. I'm riding that inflation wave to the top. <laughs> <laughs> Until it just increases. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So about life right now with what we just talked about, passion. What are the downsides of life with draining or stressful about that passion? Is this a question for me or for Connor? Anybody. Wants oh, to okay. Join. One of them open-ended ones. Connor, you want to go? <laughs> you want me to go? Let's hear. Let's yeah. hear about the draining or stressful. Let's make it like simple if I don't know really anything about 3D printing. Draining, stressful, about passion. So my printer is specifically, right? You can get fully silent ones and they're amazing, but mine make noise and I'm not angry about it because I can sleep with that noise. But... Y'all hear him going, and then I'll hear a new noise, and I will get very concerned. <laughs> because he snaps him in the middle of the night. like, what I do. the hell was that? I do. I'm lying in bed. I'm closing my eyes. I'm falling asleep. And I hear a... And I'm like, oh, what is that? And so you can equate it to, like, you're sitting at a 
at a kitchen table eating some great food. Just picture your favorite meal right in front of you, you know, watching a good YouTube video you spent half an hour trying to find. And from the next room over your head, you hear a cat throwing up. That's the reaction. <laughs> you bolt up and you see what's going on. So where your car is making a different noise is really yeah. what it is. When you're riding down, you're driving on the road and you're waving people and you're like, and it's coming from somewhere behind you. You're like, ah, maybe that's not good. Yeah, because you, it's like a memory where you realize that this sound is good, this sound is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know good print sounds and then I know yeah. a few bad print sounds. And when those go off, I'm like, ah, oh, really? You've been around that sound too much to know different sounds. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. And for me, with my boxing, how draining and stressful it is, it's really a vice for it is you got to get over it somehow. So whether you can't do it in a bad output, the way you input it and output it is different versus inputting stress onto yourself and outputting it. So if I'm going through a stressful situation of either trying to find a new contract or finding a new manager, it's how my brain is processed through it, which makes it even better for the output. So if I process through it where it's a stressful situation for me, where it's like, I'm struggling to find a manager. I'm going to whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm just, this is a bad situation versus if I go through it where it's a, you know, I just need to find a new manager. You'll get over it. The output and input is really, you know, it affects your whole passion somehow because now you're just creating more stress when you don't need it. It's like what Connor said earlier about positive stress, 3d printing, any sport, is always going to take, you know, stress. So the way you make that stress into a better, you know, type of way to com- comprehend with it, it really, like, helps a lot. And so for me, when I picture myself in the future from now, it's like I want to be great in my sport and I want to, like, do bigger things. So, Zoe, with your passion, what do you? what does it look like for you, your future, from a decade from now? Yeah. I see it more as a hobby. Um, I mean, I would love for it to go somewhere because you can make pretty good money off of it. And it's, like, unique, you know, compared to just going to the gym and being active, you can use that, which if I, like, were to put more hours, then I would gain so much strength. And I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for me, I see it mostly just as a hobby um, that I've been doing for a long time. Yeah. For mm-hmm. me, I'm trying to make that my lifestyle. <laughs> even, even though I know it's hard because, like, people, like, they take – so much time to do it and i'm already taking so much time to do it so it's like a thing where i put my faith into and for you connor with 3d printing i know it's like really hard to make a lifestyle out of but what do you see yourself doing within the future from now i think in the near future i'm I'm gonna want to start a business because if you think about it overheads are very very high or print printing would be a great business because material costs are low electricity costs are relatively low what you can charge for a print or what I've seen people charge for a print can be jacked up. So you can make like 60% profit on a print. Um, the only thing they take is time. But I also agree with Zoe. This is more of a my side hobby. I think what's really going to go places is, is you know, the future of electric vehicles, the future of machine learning, the future of manufacturing. That's kind of what I want to do. And I see this as an entry because these 3D printers that I work with are technically classified as additive manufacturing equipment. So I think that getting practice on these in right now is going to be crucial 
to working on different things in the future. Yeah. So these next questions are really about passion itself, passion topic with passionate about love, success, and really just anything. So for you, Connor, if money was never a question in life, what would you be doing right now? If money was not a question in life? Yes. I would be... Oh, man, everything needs money. That makes it difficult. Everybody says, if money is not a question, but money is always going to be in the question. I would be rocking a great computer, which my computer's already great. I'm not going to say it's not. I'm going to be providing for my friends. I'm going to be you taking unique opportunities that some people might not get. I'm going to focus on learning and education because if money is not an option, then some of the things I could do would be extraordinary. I yeah. would be running some sort of business or revolve around computers or 3D printers. And then I'd probably be driving an R1S, a Rivian R1S. <laughs> I back that company already. I would invest in multiple things. And I would just, I don't even know what I would do. At that point, it gets to the question of, well, you have everything. What do you do now? <laughs> I think that's a very important question that I, I don't really think is. I don't think I'm prepared to answer it right now because I don't know. Because you have to live up to it now to actually mm-hmm. answer it. What would you do, Zoe? For me, I think I actually would stick to aerial and circus as a career because there is a possible chance that I can get injured and I could pay for my own hospital fees. So yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's there a you plus. go. Um. Yeah, that's, that would probably be my main thing. Um, architecture has always been, like, my dream job or interior design, something around there. So not having money to, like, have, like, st- like be stressful about and all that, I would probably build my dream house, which isn't, like, insane, you know, like, $60 billion house. Mine would be. Four, yeah, 400 yeah. bedrooms for no reason. Let's do it. No, that's not me. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. probably... Yeah, I'd build. I'd probably build my dream house, and I would also do, or not, maybe not do, but I would donate to foundations related yeah. to like mental health help for like teens and you know, young adults. I'm or so anyone. lonely. I could have a shed as a house, low key. <laughs> <laughs> I really think those like Elon Musk, you know, that mm-hmm. one brand, Boxable, is a really cool company. Actually, it is. Oh, the Box I think house that a house those are really cool. That is too big. Is at that point creepy? Yeah. But, what what uh, am I gonna do? I'm five foot, man. What am I gonna do with a sixty like a six thousand square foot house? <laughs> Nothing. My mom oh, actually wants to build a container house, like out of like storage containers. I she think wants it's to, cool. Like, do three of them. It's super cool. cool. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. cool because you don't really need a big house anymore because that's all you need in life. Yeah, it's just a bathroom, food, water, like land, anything. It's just that makes it simple. Instead of having extra bedrooms for shit you don't need. <laughs> just decorate them for no reason yeah it's just like yeah. canvases that you're never gonna touch again <laughs> and then the to buy it like boxable for like i think 400 square foot it is it's like forty thousand for like and it already comes with a shower sinks everything tv it's got so it's like, need. like a tiny home yeah it's it's, it's oh, okay. tiny home can i go off on a bit of a thing it's completely related to this I go go for it it's Similar to Boxable, but it's a company I completely forgot what they're called. <laughs> the we'll get there. But either way, they work <laughs> on concrete houses. But the way they do it is they 3D print them. 
now. So they 3D print. I found it. It's. I didn't find it. I found it. Yep. So it's a company called Apis APIS Core, and they work with a bunch of these places, and they do a. It says on their website a. 400 square foot home with all basic necessities like a shower and stuff under two days of construction and it only costs like $20,000 in material because all you need is a machine and then the partner machines because the, they actually named their printer Frank. <laughs> so they have a giant printer that goes up to two stories tall named Frank. That's, I just find that amazing. So with passion, so I'm going to sum up passion. Passion is really a strong desire for something you like. And passion comes with time, really. So you really, me as a professional, pursuing my passion as a career can bring me like, you know, greater success in my mindset and my lifestyle. So passions are really just activities that inspire me and inspire other people with what they do, which is like either teaching you know, animal welfare, you know, environmental issues, or even like simple things as cooking or playing guitar. That's really what passion is. And with passion now is why is passion for you, Zoe, so important in life? I'm sorry, can you repeat the question? <laughs> why is passion so important in life? Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't hear the question. I just I just heard a statement. Um <laughs> I think passion is important in life because you need something to just drive you to keep going. You need something not to keep you busy, but to like, well, to keep you busy, but also just to keep you happy. Like you want to do something that you love, but something that can also like, you know, benefit you a little at the same time, you know? Yeah. It's just um, even with passion, it takes time to figure out what you are passionate about, what you like doing. Whether it's like, I would say like other people with knitting. Like, it's just such a weird thing to just randomly, like, do. But, like, once you do it, you realize you have a passion for it, even though it was never there or never a thought process that you wanted. So, for you, Connor, why is passion so powerful? I think passion is a driving force. Because I know some people will, like, during summer vacation, they'll sit, sit on their couch and, you know, binge watch every movie ever made and every <laughs> language ever thought of. But... I think I get it from my mom because she has the same problem. If I'm bored, I start finding things to do or I just, it's the worst. I just don't like it. I don't care for it. I don't want to be bored. I need something that I'm passionate about, like my printers, my machines, some of the topics I'll discuss. I think that passion is crucial to driving you as an individual and driving humanity forward. Because if we aren't passionate about things, we're not going to do them. And if we're not going to do something, then why are we do? Why would it be done? And if it's not done, then there's an issue. I think 100%. that this this would apply. Time's making me question my entire existence right now. <laughs> Sorry to all those existential crises that I'm about to start. <laughs> I apologize, but I think that passion is just so important to individuals, to society, to everything. Ever, everyone has to be passionate about something because it's just, I don't know, it's a personal thing. I just feel that passion is very important, especially for me. 
Because if I'm not passionate about something, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm either going to get in trouble or somebody's going to be angry somewhere. Examples of like all the history homework you guys don't do. Examples of all the history homework. (laughs) Um, I'm not passionate about it. Examples of, actually, if you want to go back to history, that thing I printed, the Leonardo da Vinci. Vinci. I was very passionate about that because I was able to show off my skills and just turn it more from a hobbyist to kind of like, and I'm actually submitting this thing. I was very passionate about it. I say for me with passion being so powerful with going off of what you said, I think that passion fuels you to inspire and drive people towards like specific goals they want. And no matter how difficult it may be, it generates this enthusiasm needed to flow through like big obstacles that you need to get over barriers included like just random difficult obstacles that you need to overcome i think having this passion about something it helps you like take down these walls locks in the way and for me it inspires loyalty teamwork hard work and eventually success in life because like you said about you know having this thing of being passionate about which makes you do it procrastination is a big thing and if you're procrastinating a lot, you don't have passion about it. So when I figure out something that I don't need to procrastinate about, it just helps me like run through life smoother. And so what do you think, Zoe, is like especially the core value of passion? Like something that you have to have for passion. Something you have to have? Yeah. Hmm. Oh man. Okay. Um motivation for sure. You know, you need you need to like be like this is something I want to do. This is something I want to get better, and something I want to, you know, focus on and put energy towards. Because you don't, you're just kind of doing it like, and you're just don't know what to do. You're just doing it because you don't have a choice, or you don't really want to. You're not engaged in what you're, um, working on. You know. Yeah. Man, that's a hard question. <laughs> it really is. Carter, yeah. you got Carter, you got any inputs on that? I just, I for you to be passionate about something, I think, crucially is you have to know what the end goal will be. So if I'm passionate about, say, making awareness for some sort of social issue, i.e. the reason you're passionate about it is the end goal. You're not passionate about, you know, all the struggles like, oh, yippee, let's go be, you know, suppressed. You're passionate about the end goal. And I think that as humans, if you know something has an end goal that either benefits somebody else, society as a whole, or even yourself, some people might say it's selfish, but it's human. It's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. If you know that in the end, it will benefit somebody or something close to you or not even not even close to you. If somebody around the world, somebody somewhere is affected by your actions, I think that's the core motivation of passion, of appreciation, and of what we should be doing. Because in the end, passion is an internal motivator is really what it is. And it's just your thoughts. It really affects your passion. And it's just energy that comes from you. It's not mm-hmm. other and other people's energy, other people's thoughts. Passion is not something that's forced. Because if someone forced me to do something, it's not what I'm passionate about. It's like parents with grades. You're not really passionate about keeping your grades up. So it's hard to do that sometimes with procrastination. I struggle from it. So when I'm forced to like have good grades and all that, I just procrastinate on it because it's something I don't really want to do. So that's really what it is for passion. And it just keeps us motivated to finally succeeding in life is really what it is. 
And you have to listen to way better words than I did. <laughs> yeah. With coming to really the closing points of this podcast, I like to keep the end really where you guys ask questions. So if you guys have any questions or not, we could just close it. But if you do have questions, I'd love to hear them. Um, I'll say, I'll say a quick question is you asked us how we got into you know our respective sports or hobbies, but what really inspired you or how did you get into boxing? All right. That's a good question. Um, for me, I started off at a young age where I was, um, I grew up not really in shape at all because I just like, as a kid, I really would like live around other people. So I would like go from, I was necessarily a foster kid without being one. So I would just go to different families type shit. So, um, it would be like where I was gaining weight necessarily. And then growing up into school, I was bullied frequently. So it just be like a thought where it's like how I appeal to looking. So I've gotten to this point where I've figured out that I needed to do a sport. And so, or I needed to find some way that I could help myself losing weight. So I just had this thing where I'm like, I need to find a hobby. And so I've really did like research and all that. And I did YouTube videos of looking at like different workouts, different everything. And I've been watching this sport for a bit and it's called boxing. You look at different creators and influencers who box like Canelo, Alvarez, Floyd Mayweather, they really impacted me as a kid because I'm like, they are really great at what they do and look at how much people follow them, look how fit they are. So as a young age, I asked my parents, I'm like, I really want to start this. And so I started it and I started succeeding in it. And it was really a thing at a young age. I never knew I was ready for it. But then growing up into it, I finally feel like I'm at this certain point where I found my perfect space and area. Mm-hmm. So you feel like you've achieved like how you want to look and how you want to feel after everything? Yeah, I feel like I achieved my look because now I'm more fit and I could really like do anything I wanted. And I feel like I achieved a lot of greatness from it where it's like now being a coach, I'm motivating other people to do what I did. And it's really this thing where I can be a dad to many kids that need one necessarily in their life. Where, because, you know, growing up, I was growing up with this, like, act tough thing. And that's how usually kids these days grow up, too, which is you need to be strong in life. And so for me, when kids come into my dojo and they think it's, like, where they need to be strong and they need to, like, they need to punch the bag as hard as they can. They need to prove to their parents that they're, like, a success. When they come to me, it's not really that. It's more of a family it's a brotherhood it's really mm-hmm. if you have a brother you would want to see them succeed but you want to do it in a fun way so that's how i incorporate my training to where it's like if someone's messing around i'm gonna mess around with them so sometimes i would go and chase them down and tackle them that's really how it is so i feel <laughs> like i agreed i achieved great success in doing what i do and helping others Damn, that's wholesome as hell. <laughs> that, that is great. That is that like so a, I imagine a child walking into your dojo, 
he looks at you and he's like, hey, what's up? You just start charging at him. <laughs> Full sprint, yeah, his so eyes wide, sure. craps his pants right there, and then your yeah. brother's forever. I think I find that mental image amusing. So for me, um, I have to keep this place family friendly. So if a new student comes, and even if they're doing like a 10-day trial. So we have 10-day trials, and we have like monthly and yearly trials. So 10-day trials is free. And they get like a free 10 day trial. Mm -hmm. And I really want to treat them like family during that day. And it's not like only for that 10 days I treat them like family. It's for forever, their family. Mm -hmm. So I have to, as a co-coach, I have to put my input on other people's. So if one guy isn't acting family friendly, one guy is just cursing, spinning out loud, whatever, and he's not involving the other new student, that's going to be an issue for me. And we're going to have to talk. But I have some points where I had to fire people because of that. And that's like really a tough time for me because it's like, I like them, but they can't be here no more. They need to find a different area to go because this is not the environment I need them to be at. I feel like that's a hard part for me. Yeah, that sounds hard. It's it's like firing your family. (laughs) Yeah, that is rough. I have one other question. Go for it. Mr. Angel, sir, your honor. Um, it's on topic of motivation, right? And my question is, what motivated you to shave your beard? <laughs> oh, no. Dude, you look like a child. That's my question. My Dude, guy. You were, no, you were the kid that got punted. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So. I just, I, it was unexpected. I just got to say that. It, it doesn't look really, bad. Yeah, it, looks, it was really unexpected. With the beard. I mean, a lot of people like the beard, uh, like mm-hmm. a lot of people do, because it's like I, I do look pretty good in the beard and it's like fits me it and does. it really does fit me. And just having it was really nice to have, which I still will be growing it. But um, I went through this little phase yesterday and it was just random. And I was like, dude, I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, ah, oh, I want to change something up about me, but I don't want to. And so he I look at my intrusive thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got. Yeah, the you let them win. They won, and so I'm just like, I'm looking at my beard, and the sides are really long, than the front. So I'm like, you know, what? I'm gonna do a goatee. So I do a goatee. <laughs> oh, I do a goatee. Picture of the goatee. I did not, sadly. Oh, so damn, I, angel. That's <laughs> what we need to see. I did the goatee, and I'm like, something I added up. And so, as I'm still shaving to do the goatee, I accidentally cut off my mustache. Oh. Like, the side. No more. So, it's... One side is, like, chipped, and the other side is just, like, you know, normal. I was supposed to, like, something like, fuck. So, now I have to shave the mustache off. And then there's this... Yeah, and so now there's this little, like, bottom hair on my chin, so I'm like, yeah, we're gonna have to go bald. Oh. That was the whole thing, too. You lost everything that day. Oh, my God. But it's, like, something now where it grows back easily. So, Mm -hmm. for me... I have a Hispanic culture where my beard will grow back fast. So that's good. You won't I be let lost. That you won't, you won't, you won't, it will be gone forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right now I look twelve. Sadly, <laughs> I look like I should be in middle school. You really do. Yeah, it looked like as I walked into history, I accidentally walked into a church somewhere, and he asked me if I wanted something to eat. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> said I look like Sherlock Holmes. I think they need to get their glasses checked. I think that's what they. Ronan said that. When I said uh, it looked like Sherlock Holmes. I couldn't see Sherlock Holmes. I sat next to a person. I sat next to Don. 
she told me in automotive she thought a random kid moved into this class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn, that checks because Dawn was right there and she was like, oh my God. Yeah, she, I, I've gotten like three encounters today where people didn't recognize me because it's a thing that I just did. Like, I didn't like tell nobody because. It's spontaneous. Yeah, it was spontaneous. And really, I, I'm not really connected to people like that where I just text them a lot, but, or they text me a lot. So I'm not really like connected with that. So it was just something like people didn't expect. Yeah, you got a lot of shit for that in foods today. I did, I did. But my skin, oh, bro, it feels so smooth. No, if it, it's so smooth. I've never had it because it's usually just rough, but it's so smooth. I mean, yeah, you did turn into a middle school boy. So, yeah. I did. I should start wearing Axe body spray now because of it. Oh, Ew! No. no, dude, you do that, I swear. I will make you stay <laughs> in the sink area. You will clean that sink and it'll smell better. It will fit, but no. It would fit the <laughs> ongoing theme, but it wouldn't fit my next yeah, I'm You, a, you I'm make a, that your Halloween costume or something. I'm going to wear neon clothes and Axe body spray. Ew. Oh, God. I'm going to fit the middle school. Yep, God. there we go. 100%. That ties it all together. It will. It really will fit the whole vibe. I say if you sit next to me, you get a nice good whiff of that Axe body spray. I am so sad I'm even in the general vicinity of your area in foods. <laughs> oh what are you talking about? It smells good. No. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I want a new seat. <laughs> I'm good. I would probably like I would probably be ashamed of myself if I smell Axe body spray on me. I'm not going to be what? what I'd be ashamed be? of myself. <laughs> yeah, really shame ashamed. on you, shame on your family. The second shame I put it company. on, I'm gonna be like mad. <laughs> I reached a whole new low. <laughs> I, I reached a new end point to my life there <laughs> when I do that. <laughs> so now I think we're gonna close the podcast off. We've reached an hour, which is an accomplishment, you know. Mm-hmm. I've got in I've got in previous messages where hour fifty is too long, but it's it's a bit long. It it really is. So, I think an hour is more you know achievable now. I think an hour is good. But oh, when man. we get John and Steven in it, just be prepared for that four hour. He's trying to get a bit of humor. I'm down to listen to that though. That'd be funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're gonna end off the Envision the Future podcast here, and it's gonna be every Saturday thing. So episode three is gonna come out Saturday. Awesome. <laughs> Bye. Excuse me. Peace.